Hi, I'm Isabel Jain. Welcome back to episode two of the Trauma Podcast. happy to be able to share more information and interviews with you guys today. If you've managed to listen to the first episode, I would strongly suggest listening to that one first, if you haven't already, to understand the next topic we will be jumping into today. Our topic for this episode is post-traumatic stress disorder, also known as PTSD. PTSD is a mental health condition that stems from a traumatic event. There are many cases where one has gone through a traumatic experience and undergoes temporary difficulty coping, but eventually finds peace. PTSD symptoms can begin to exhibit themselves a long time after the event has occurred and are much harder to overcome. A person with a disorder usually experiences symptoms like reliving the trauma through recurring memories, nightmares, or flashbacks. Physical responses that are a reminder of the event often cause the person to have their heart beating at an accelerated rate, sweating profusely, or panicking. Those with PTSD may have a constant feeling of being isolated or separated from others, as well as developing negative connotations with reminders of the traumatic experiences like thoughts, places, people, and situations or scenarios. One may feel alert and extremely aware of their surroundings, which in turn starts affecting deep sleep, the person's ability to concentrate fully, the person's patience with others, as well as being startled easily and looking out for indications of danger or trauma happening again. PTSD may interfere with the person's participation or desires within school, family, or work events. Those with PTSD may also have actions or emotions that indicate disinterest or distancing from others to block out their own distressing feelings. I myself am not specifically experienced in the research field of PTSD, but today we have a special guest on the podcast who is... Her name is Miss Sidat Saraya. I contacted the International Society for Traumatic Stress Studies with hopes that I would come in contact with a professional, and she gladly responded to be on the show. Welcome to the podcast, Miss Saraya. Thank you very much, Isabel. It's a pleasure to speak with you today. Um, I would like to just start by asking you if you could tell us a little bit more about yourself. So I'm a psychiatrist by training, and I'm based in Cape Town, South Africa, um, at Stellenbosch University, uh, at the Faculty of Medicine and Health Sciences. I've been a researcher and clinician for over 20 years, and my primary area of research focus is traumatic stress and post-traumatic stress disorder. And for the past uh, three and a half years, I have served as a board member of ISTSS, the International Society of Traumatic Stress Studies, which is a global uh, traumatic stress organization that primarily comprises of professionals working uh, in mental health and in traumatic stress, more specifically. Oh, that's so interesting. I hadn't come across your um, society at all before I had done any research, and I thought it was quite interesting to see that there was a whole society based around it. I didn't think there was that much information out there, but there is. There is, there is so much more than I thought. 
There is, I think, a wealth of information, but at the same time, I think there are many, many individuals, particularly individuals living on our continent who don't have access uh, to that information. And I think that is uh, where we have a huge task ahead um, as researchers and uh, clinicians to ensure that information about traumatic stress gets disseminated, that resources are made available, educational resources, but treatment resources as well, um, for the lay public, but also for professionals, because um, even mental health professionals are in many uh, contexts not adequately trained to deal with uh, large-scale disasters disasters, or to deal with individuals uh, who at an individual level have been exposed to a very traumatic experience like mm-hmm. sexual assault or yeah. rape. So in my country, for example, South Africa, we have very high rates of physical and sexual assault or violence, but the rates of treatment seeking are very, very low. So there's a disconnect, there's a treatment gap between individuals who are in urgent need of treatment and those who actually receive the treatment and care they require. Very true. How would you describe your day at work or what you do almost every day? So my days are quite varied. Um, I wear a number of different hats. (laughs) I am the chair of a department of psychiatry Mm -hmm. um, at the Faculty of Medicine. So we're one of the clinical departments and we have psychiatrists and clinical psychologists and doctors who are specializing in psychiatry. So psychiatry is one of the specialties um, in medicine, uh, like pediatrics and surgery and um, internal medicine are specialties of medicine and in order to be a psychiatrist you train and qualify as a medical doctor and then you specialize Um, and in South Africa it's a minimum period of four years of specialization where you train at an academic hospital and work at clinics um, and you're supervised in that period and then you can qualify as a psychiatrist. So I um, serve as a leader in my department, uh, providing oversight of of the teaching, training, and clinical services that are delivered um, in the um, drainage area, the geographical drainage area that Mm -hmm. uh, my hospital, my faculty serve. Uh And then in addition, and this is where my passion really lies, is in um, conducting research and um, developing early career researchers and supervising masters and doctoral students um, to conduct research. And so I have, uh, and I have had since 2008, a research chair program in post-traumatic stress disorder. And that program is also multifaceted program. So I'm very interested in the determinants of post-traumatic stress disorder, which is one of the serious disabling uh, conditions that can result from exposure to stress. And I'm interested in um, 
all of the varied contributions to post-traumatic stress disorder, Mm -hmm. the cultural contributions, the cultural expression of post-traumatic stress disorder, the biological determinants, the genetic determinants of post-traumatic stress, the environmental determinants. What are the risk and resiliency factors that together uh, determine whether an individual will or will not develop post-traumatic stress disorder? Because one of the interesting uh, paradoxes is that even though rates of trauma exposure are very high, and they're very high in many, many countries, uh, both in the north and the south, in the west and the east, um, and in high-income and middle-income and low-income countries, there's a disconnect between those very high levels of trauma exposure and the rates of post-traumatic stress disorder. So there must be many protective factors, both at an individual level, at a community and societal level, that determine whether at an individual level, post-traumatic stress disorder will develop or not. Mm-hmm. And so I'm really interested in interrogating um, yeah. all of those biological and psychosocial and cultural and environmental determinants that together play out um, following an exposure to a traumatic event. Yeah, that sounds so interesting. Yeah. It reminds me a lot of uh, where I come from. I'm Senegalese-American, and in Senegal, um, mental illness and behaviors, um, anything that has to do with with anything that's not physical is not really talked about or is accepted as a conversation that can be held openly. So that's, around that culture, it's, it's really interesting how people cope with the traumatic experience and whether PTSD develops based on where they are from in the world from what I understand what you were mentioning. Yes, and I think there is so much of stigma that still surrounds yeah. the diagnosis of post-traumatic stress disorder, as well as just the exposure to trauma of itself, yeah. especially when it relates to uh, sexual assault mm-hmm. uh, and intimate partner violence, either when it's directly experienced or when it's witnessed. Mm -hmm. So children and adolescents who um, in their home environments are exposed to ongoing uh, intimate partner violence between parents Mm -hmm. um, often experience severe ongoing uh, deleterious effects of that exposure uh, that, you know, is hidden and unnoticed. And parents and children and adolescents um, often feel very guilty and ashamed mm-hmm. about seeking treatment. Yeah. Um, and, you know, to address your question about um, communities where there is so much of trauma, ongoing violence, and yet there seems to be many protective mechanisms at play, mm-hmm. um, one of the interesting findings that has been replicated in many, many community and clinic-based studies in many countries around the world is that social support is one of the most potent protective factors Mm -hmm. uh, for the development of PTSD. So even if you are exposed to a horrific um, trauma, but in the immediate aftermath of that trauma, 
you can access community resources and social support. That can be immensely protective from not just developing PTSD, but other mental health problems. And I think we need to remember that post-traumatic stress disorder is just one of the mental health consequences mm -hmm. of trauma exposure. There are many, many other mental health problems um, that are common in yeah. the face of trauma, yeah. and those include depression, they include substance use, alcohol, and drug use, they include um, behavioral problems, especially children and adolescents, conduct problems, attention deficit hyperactivity uh, yeah. disorder, um, they include um, problematic behaviors like um, suicidal ideation and suicide attempts, mm -hmm. uh, which are life-threatening potentially yeah. life-threatening yeah. and need urgent intervention. Um, what is one area of traumatic stress studies that you think is currently not researched enough or um, looked at more seriously and should be? Well, there are, I think, many, many um, unanswered questions um, in this field, but if I had to pick um, on a few of them, I think, um, as I've alluded to before, we don't know enough about the cultural uh, concomitants, the cultural mm. uh, factors that um, either put one at risk or are protective mm -hmm. um, following traumatic exposure. Um, and so I think that is an area that does require more in-depth um, investigation. Um, and we need to, to do more cross-cultural research yeah. um, in countries around the world in order to better understand some of the kind of collective and common mechanisms from a cultural perspective that come into play following um, exposure to terrible traumatic experiences mm -hmm. and the consequences thereof. Um, the other area where I think there needs to be uh, much more investigation is around novel treatments for post-traumatic stress disorder. Mm -hmm. So currently, the situation is such, and perhaps I can use an example to highlight um, what um, happens in the face of treatment when mm -hmm. someone has post-traumatic stress disorder. Yeah. So at the present time, with the effective treatments that we have at our disposal, we know that 53 in 100 individuals mm -hmm. with post-traumatic stress disorder who seek out um, psychotherapy treatments, so mm -hmm. effective, tried and tested uh, counseling treatments for post-traumatic stress disorder mm -hmm. will get better. Yeah. So that suggests that roughly half of individuals who receive appropriate psychological interventions get better. Mm -hmm. The other half don't, even with the treatment they receive. Mm -hmm. The other main uh, modality of treatment or type of treatment is medication-based treatment, which is also very effective. Mm -hmm. But here again, we know from data that um, has been collected over decades that 42 in 100 individuals with post-traumatic stress disorder who seek out medication treatment and receive um, appropriate medication for their post-traumatic stress disorder will get better. 
So that suggests more than half of individuals with PTSD who receive medication treatment don't get better. And so we need to... Um, we need to expand more time and investment, uh, and that includes large-scale monetary investment in investigating novel treatments for post-traumatic stress disorder because there is an urgent unmet need. The treatments that we have available, as I've said, the talk therapies and the medication treatments work, but they don't work in a substantial proportion. Yeah. of individuals with post-traumatic stress disorder. Okay, that, that makes a lot of sense. Reaching into a, a, a better majority of people sounds like a, a, a direction we want to go to in, in the future. Definitely. Yes, and in that regard, um, perhaps my third um, recommendation for where research efforts need to focus is to think about how to shift um, the tasks that are traditionally performed by psychiatrists and clinical psychologists. Mm -hmm. Because on the African continent, for most African countries, we have a dearth of uh, mental health resources Mm -hmm. to manage individuals with post-traumatic stress disorder. So we have very few psychiatrists and very few clinical psychologists in terms of the proportion of the population Mm -hmm. uh, in 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 most african countries and as a result we need to be able to find alternative ways of delivering effective treatments so for example by training um, nurses Mm -hmm. by training community health workers to deliver effective interventions. We could widen our reach. We could ensure that many, many more people who need treatment get the treatment they require. So that would be my third recommendation for where research efforts need to be focused. Thank you so much for coming on the show and um, sharing your expertise. It's been a very enriching experience to learn from you. And I wish you all the best as you continue with your important work of helping people overcome their trauma and going further with research and questioning what we already know. And I think it's just amazing. Definitely something I would want to consider a field in my own life um, going into research like that. I just find it extremely interesting. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Isabel. It's been an absolute pleasure on my side. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the show today. I'm extremely thankful that you chose to listen to this podcast out of the thousands out there. If you would like to read more into PTSD, feel free to access the link on the podcast episode bio that shows where I got the information from.